Symphony of Shadows, Second Movement, Yomed Testel, Welcome to the Jungle, Praise 4. Red thrashed her way towards the riverbank, dragging along her useless pilot. Gods be damned if she was going to leave him behind, though. Maybe he was the only one who could get them off this planet. Her leg was starting to cramp something fierce, though, and it might be they both drowned to death. You could help a bit, you lazy arse. Kick those legs, the pilot obliged, although weakly. He did not look well, his face pale and his eyes drooping. By some miracle, they made it to shore. Red looked upriver to where Mongrel had bombed the shit out of those Novas, and then downriver to where she could still see Hound's ship being pulled along. Report in, Red said over the comms. Mongrel was the first to answer. Covering you, ma'am. Used up quite a bit of payload, but I've still got material rounds and plenty of energy for lasers. Hound, you still alive? Yes, ma'am. Just clicked the back of me. Still have plenty of payload, but the engine's fucked. I won't be skyworthy anytime soon, and not sure how to beach this thing. Wolf, what about you? Seemed like you took a nasty hit. Seen better days, ma'am. Ejected in time, but I'm pretty far from position. It'll be some time before I catch up. Damn. Mongrel, any word from the fleet? No, ma'am. Comms have been jammed by someone. We can communicate down here, but nothing will reach the fleet. Clever bastards, Red cursed. Cybele knew Red's fleet would have the upper hand in space against the Steel Stallion. He was probably trying to buy some time. Right then, Red noticed something too good to be true flowing down the river. Without thought, she jumped back in, the pilot howling behind her to stop, but she ignored him. Where Red found the strength to swim was some mystery, but before long she had caught up with the god's own luck, a fallen Nova. Floating bags of air had deployed from the back of the Nova's suit, keeping it floating. The suit was scarred to shit and the visor on the helmet was cracked from a piece of shrapnel sticking from it. Red pulled the remains of the visor out of the helmet to find a woman inside who looked dead enough. Her face was covered in blood, a thin wedge of metal protruding from the Nova's skull, but Red checked the pulse to be sure. Definitely dead, Red smiled. You're not going to believe this, boys, she spoke into the comms. I found myself a new toy. Red moved around the floating suit and began kicking her feet, pushing it to the shore. Mongrel, rendezvous with Wolf and bring him this way. I'll work with Hound to beach his cruiser and start unloading his missiles. And once you've got Wolf, come to us and we'll transfer the weapons over to your ship. After that, we finish this. Red's pack all confirmed, and she finished pushing the Nova suit to shore. She dragged it as far as she could, but the thing weighed too much to get very far. Once she was on land, though, the suit retracted the airbags. She searched around for the button to open the suit. She knew every Nova had one, just for this sort of situation. Nova may have seemed invincible, but they were just human under all the metal. She twisted the remains of the cracked helmet, removing it from the dead woman. She fingered along the neck and accidentally pressed something. The suit sprung to life in a symphony of movement. Air jetted from vents, hydraulics hissed, hinges loosened, and the front of the suit opened. Red had to keep herself from squealing with glee. 
She snatched the woman from the suit and tossed her into the river. She tried gathering some phlegm from a proper farewell, but all she managed was a weak spit as the Nova coursed down the river. Red lowered herself into the suit and pressed the button she'd found around the neckline. The suit shifted, closing around her. She noticed the pilot had finally caught up with her and he gasped. The suit engaged a moment later. The weight of it became weightless as she stood effortlessly. She grabbed the helmet and twisted it on. The thing would be useless in higher altitudes, but this was an enormous boon to their dire situation. With the broken visor, the suit asked permission to integrate with Red's own HUD, which she permitted. The suit projected, New user, confirm calibration, straight into her eyes. Red blinked her confirmation input. The suit ran diagnostic and adjusted to her height and weight. Aside from some minor aesthetic damage in the mangled helmet, systems were mostly green. The battery was at 47%, but that will be more than enough, Red thought to herself. She realized that she also had open comms to the other Novas. She opened a channel to listen in. Ranger Gonzalez, come in, Ranger. Red didn't answer. They would know she was not their comrade. Ranger, if you can hear us, we will rendezvous on the west side of the mountain. There's a signal Captain Woods wants to investigate. Sending coordinates, now. Red literally could not believe her luck. She turned to the pilot, who was still stammering at the sight of Red in a Nova suit. Well, hop on. We need to find Hound. Cybele had to admit it was more than a little convenient to have the Novas around. Their suits were able to selectively scramble any sensors that might be searching for them. Radio, heat, sonar. It was a distinct advantage in their current predicament, and technology he would have to incorporate into himself when the business of surviving this mess was finished. Cybele walked beside Woods, who was flanked by his pets. One of them caught his attention. Sir, it appears Ranger Vladimir has gone dark. Ranger Gonzalez's suit is still operational, but she has not responded to us. Might be she's injured. Permission to investigate. No, responded Woods plainly. You Nova can handle yourselves. And if we spread any thinner, I fear we will be too weak for whatever comes next. If they are all right, they'll find us by the mountain. Cybele agreed with the captain's orders. Between Cybele's remaining crew and the Novas, they had a formidable force, even against poor odds. It wouldn't matter, though, if everything went to shit topside. He could only hope that Red's fleet wouldn't risk that Cybele was telling the truth and that those Nova would capture Red in time. We should have one of them scout ahead, added Cybele. Woods eyed Cybele with suspicion, but nodded his head to Lieutenant Rashid a moment later. Don't go too far, though, and keep chatter to a minimum. Who knows who could be listening, even with the scrambling. The lieutenant nodded and motioned to one of his squad to do some recon. The Nova moved at an inhuman speed, darting through the jungle, and was out of sight a moment later. Only three of the Nova remained. Sir, the signal has stopped, said Lieutenant Rashid, confused. Are you sure it's not due to your scrambling? asked Woods. No, sir, wouldn't be that. It's stopped entirely. Woods looked to Cybele. What are the chances you think that's a coincidence? Not likely growled Cybele. Do you imagine it's red? No, they crashed too far away. Could be one of the surviving cruisers, but I doubt it. Knox, then, and that woman I would bet. Woods nodded to himself. Cybele shrugged. No way to know until we get there. I trust you, Captain, Woods said earnestly. 
and we need to trust one another if we're going to make it out of this alive. It's a mistake to trust me. Circumstances can pivot in an instant, and if it's a choice between myself and my crew, or you, well... I will take that into consideration, responded Woods. But I need to know you won't stab me in the back. Abandon me if you must, but do not betray me in truth. I owe you nothing. Trust is not a transaction. It is not a contract. It is your word. The word of a heartless pirate is not much worth anything, I'm sorry to say. I thought your heart was one of the few remaining human parts of you. Had it replaced a few years back, Cybele smirked. Woods grimaced. It's no matter. Your word. Do I have it? Cybele smirked. Who was this man? What a fool. Cybele thought, but he intended to keep his word. To a point. You have my word. I will not betray you. For now. Woods nodded as if he'd just received a solemn oath. Do you have any suggestions for what to do once we find this signal? Fuck if I know. I wouldn't bet against Red, though. She's a mad bitch, but Eos, if I don't know someone more tenacious. So what do you recommend? She'll be looking to make some noise. Not sure what we'll find once we get to the origin of that signal, but I bet if we're a little patient, Red will come along on her own accord. You don't think she'll make for the Firefox? Doubtful. We gave her a good punch in the nose, and it'll be a while until it stops bleeding. She'll want revenge first. Revenge? asked Woods, perplexed. She started it. Not the way she sees it. You coming in here, taking control when she thinks it's her time? She'll rest at nothing to kill you, even if she ends up dead in the process. And don't forget about Sornois. If he is still alive and here, she'll be looking to find a convenient end to the both of you. Anyway, she probably wouldn't be able to take the Firefox estate she's in. She'll want to make sure you're out of the picture and to wrest control of the Steel Stallion from me if she can. Once she's got that well in hand, she'll deal with the Firefox. You don't appear overly concerned, Cybell shrugged. It's classic red. I see? It was clear that Woods did not see, but Cybell didn't press the matter. So how do we get the upper hand? Woods asked. We have numbers, maybe, but they have two cruisers still functioning that we know about, and we need her alive, as you said. You're thinking too much, Captain. Sebel patted him hard on the back, launching him forward. You can be sure Red will be up to some nonsense. He's a harbinger of chaos. So when the chaos approaches, we'll know she's near. And when we know she's near... Sebel left the rest to Woods' imagination. You want to set a trap, Woods finished. Sebel nodded. And every trap needs bait. Cybele nodded again. Ah, I see, Woods sighed. Presumably I am the juicy morsel? Well, it won't be the first time I've been required to play the role. You best be hoping it won't be the last, neither. Cybele grinned maliciously and continued forward. Even with the mechanical strength of the Nova suit, Red strained as she rolled Hound's mangled cruiser onto shore over fallen logs. Once she had, Hound and the pilot started unloading the ship. The pilot couldn't do much with his broken arm, so she set him to assessing the damage. It wasn't long before Mongrel returned with Wolf in tow. The cruiser could only hold three people max, which was fine for their need. 
The issue was, with the trees, there was nowhere for them to land. This forced Red to waste both precious time and energy ferrying Hound and the pilot onto the ship along with the heavier artillery. With every percentage decrease of power for the suit, Red cringed. Once they were ready, Mongrel came on the comms. What do you want us to do? We need to establish contact with Swan up in space. Let her know we're all right and take the Steel Stallion. Without her, everything's going to fall apart. What about you? asked Wolf. I'll handle things down here. By yourself? Ma'am, we can help. I don't need your god's damned help, Red roared. She eyed the remains of Hound's cruiser, and a plan came fully formed to her mind. If I need you, I'll call for you. For now, get in touch with Swan and make sure she's doing what I told her to do. Yes, ma'am, answered Mongrel and cut communications. Red walked up to the leftover cruiser and pushed it back into the river. Her hands clamped onto the back of it, and she engaged her thrusters lightly, guiding it down the river. Symphony of Shadows is a production of Synapse Radio. Written, produced, and performed by J.S. Rose. Follow us on Instagram at Synapse Radio and Twitter at Connect2Synapse. That's the number two. Or visit our website for all things awesome, synapse-radio.com. Synapse Radio.